Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Awaken and Empower. Thank you for being here and listening in. Today's episode is super special and I'm so excited to share it with you and anyone else who chooses to tune into it. Today we're having another conversation episode and my guest is someone very special to me. She's my friend Brianna Mullen. I love her to death and I've been wanting to have her on the show for a while now. So I was really thankful and excited to record this conversation with her. She really just has so much wisdom and insight to share about so many important topics and I just love talking to her. She's one of the few people in my life who I could talk to forever because she really just allows me to be me and she always makes me feel so incredibly seen and heard and to me that's integral to true friendship. So Brianna is currently a PhD candidate in French literature at the University of Toronto. She's interested in women's surrealist and feminist studies. She loves to read, watch films, and walk her dogs in her spare time. Brianna recently created a podcast dealing with muses of the avant-garde movement in France in the early 20th century, and it's called Dans le Mirage de la Muse. Sorry for my pronunciation of that. Brianna says it much more beautifully than I do, so listen to the episode for that. Um, And if you'd like to listen to her podcast, you can find the link to it in the show notes. It's extremely well done, and I highly recommend it to anyone who speaks French or is interested in French culture and history. Brianna really knows her stuff, so check out her website and podcast in the show notes if you want to tune into that. Now, in our conversation for this episode, we get into some big and important topics about so many things, but I guess the main theme kind of overarching everything we talked about is the importance of tuning into yourself so that you can create your own belief system and not fall prey to everything that is fed to you by larger systems in society like mass media and capitalism and patriarchy and all that and one of the other main messages we try to get across is the right that we all have to live more consciously and not take life at face value and fall into the trap of following things just because that's just the way things are This was an important episode for me and I knew that I wanted to have this kind of conversation with Brianna because she's been a huge help to me in my own awakening to all these things and I just gotta admit, the me from even just a few years ago would not have done an episode like this. Well, she most definitely wouldn't even have a podcast to begin with, but yeah, for most of my life, I would never really share my opinions in this way, especially on big topics like the ones we get into in our conversation. And in fact, I used to be so insecure in myself that at times I didn't even form my own opinions. I could always see and justify all sides to everything and I was also a huge people pleaser as well and I admit I was very ignorant and not very aware of social or political issues and I definitely took life at face value and just didn't give myself the space to form my own opinions. 
But over the past few years, as I've sunk deeper into my own self-empowerment and woken up to the world, I now do have opinions, strong opinions, and I'm very passionate about those opinions. I'm no longer taking life in at a surface level. I'm more aware of the issues in the world. And I get fired up about a lot of things. It's definitely been a learning process and I'm still very much in it. And I know that I could be even more informed and I try my best to be. But yeah, I've come a long way. And even though I'm still learning and expanding my awareness, I'm proud of myself for having conversations like the ones I have with Brianna and speaking out on topics that I feel passionately about because... Like I said, I would have been way too scared and insecure to even think about doing that when I was younger. So yeah, putting out an episode like this is a big deal for me and it feels like a testament to my own growth and also just to how much more aware my whole generation is to the issues in the world. Now I also just wanted to point out that Brianna and I both came to this conversation with privilege. We're both very aware of our privilege. And that privilege, in a sense, allows us to dedicate our time and energy to examining the things we talked about and to have conversations like this and to share it in a public way. Our privilege is seeped into everything, even when we were talking about how we're both still living at home with our parents. And Brianna pointed out that that is a privilege, even though it's not ideal and we both like to be on our own and we complain a lot about the insane prices of rent and housing in general, it is an immense privilege to be able to live at home and not be forced to live outside of our means right now. So... Yeah, I just wanted to make it very clear in case it wasn't clear enough in the episode that we're both very aware of our privilege and we're also aware of the fact that we will never fully understand the experiences of the marginalized people that are directly affected by some of the issues we talk about. We call out a lot of things in this episode, things that I don't think many people call out, and we really don't hold back on our opinions. And so I also just want to say that, of course, our intent is not to offend anyone or come across as preachy or all-knowing because we're still learning. We will make mistakes. That's just inevitable when you're diving into big topics like these. We really just talked about all the things we did in hopes of bringing more empathy and consciousness and awareness to these issues. We're both really passionate about these topics and we don't hold back when we get into it just in regular conversations, so the same was true for the podcast. And I just want you, the listener, to know that it's all coming from a good place, a place of hope for a better future, a future of more people living their truth and not the truth fed to us by external forces. And one more thing before we get into the episode, I realized that on every guest episode I've done, well, this is only the third one, but in each one of them, I've said something like, oh, we should do a part two. And when I say that, I genuinely mean it. When I first started this podcast, I knew it would mostly be solo episodes, but I had a handful of people in mind that I knew I wanted to have on the show. And I feel like for each of those people, I just have so many topics I could get into with them. Too much for a one-hour podcast conversation. So I kind of like the idea of having a few repeat guests that I kind of cycle through and talk about different topics with. Because, yeah, I just feel like they have so much wisdom to share on so many different things. But anyways, yeah, that's my thought process with that. Just wanted to clarify. 
Uh, if you have any opinions or thoughts on that, let me know. If you want to reach out to me about anything, as always, you can email me at shaylenivany at livingembrace.ca or use the contact me page on livingembrace.ca or find me on Instagram at living.embrace and all of that is in the show notes. Okay, enough preamble. That was longer than I thought it would be. I apologize. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. I'm really proud of it. We did record it over Zoom and the Wi-Fi was a little glitchy at times, but I don't think it took much away from the heart of the episode. I hope it's not too distracting. So anyways, I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation as much as me and Brianna enjoyed recording it. So let's get into my chat with Brianna Mullen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the podcast. Today, I have with me literally one of my favorite people in the whole world. (laughs) (laughs) She is one of my closest friends and someone I cherish with my whole heart. I love her endlessly, and I'm so excited to share her with everyone on the podcast. So please say hello to Brianna Mullen. Hey, Brianna. Hello. <laughs> hey, girl. Thanks for thanks. having me, Shay. Yeah, thanks for being here and having this chat with me for the show. Um, just for the listeners, we don't really have a plan here today, which is unusual for two people who like to plan in advance. But yes. <laughs> we're yep. just going to wing it and see what happens. And, you know, it's just going to be like any other regular conversation we would have in real life. Exactly, baby. (laughs) Go with the flow. Exactly. And, you know, (laughs) I've said this to you multiple times, but I feel like, you know, we'll be having a conversation and I'll be like, this could have been a podcast episode because we just, we really get into it. And I think we have very important conversations about a lot of different things and mm-hmm. you know maybe people could benefit from listening in on one of those conversations so that's why we're doing For this sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah and also I just feel like the true me really comes out when I'm talking to you like I'm speaking mm-hmm. from the most authentic essence and I'm not putting anything on or hiding any part of myself so yeah I just have a feeling this conversation will be important and honest and authentic and yeah yeah so in whatever direction it may go <laughs> exactly so um buckle up everyone and we'll get right into it <laughs> um so Brianna to start things off can you just share a bit about who you are and where you're at in your life right now yeah for sure I just want to thank you again for having me I'm so excited to be here with you Um, So yeah, I'm currently a PhD student in French literature at University of Toronto. I've basically been a student there since 2013. That's where I did my undergrad at the Mississauga campus, where I did my master's. And during that time, I've spent uh, some time in France. Um, during my undergrad, my third year, I spent about eight months in Lyon in France because I was learning French, reading the literature from different eras and all this. I always just felt like still insecure, like I need to improve my French, take it to the next level. And I didn't see that kind of like same drive or passion in my colleagues, you know, my classmates, they were just kind of like, 
oh, I just want to get this degree and become a French teacher. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. But I just knew like I wanted to experience the culture and, and live in French literally for, for a little bit. So yeah, when I was 20 years old, I moved to Lyon. That was definitely, you know, a very um, interesting experience. You know, I really learned a lot and grew up kind of quickly. It was my first time living on my own and, you know, you're in a foreign country. Um, you have to learn how to navigate, you know, the world basically on your own when you're living abroad. And then in my, after my master's, I moved to Paris and lived there for a year. And again, same thing. I was like, I really just want to be, you know, speaking in French in my daily life and have that experience again before I do want to like, go on to do my, uh, doctoral studies because I always had in my mind that I wanted to do my PhD ever since basically high school which is kind of weird but I'm I guess was I was one of those few people that always had an idea of what I wanted to do in my life because I found my passion relatively early on I was basically in grade 10 like 15 16 when I really like discovered and fell in love with the French language. And from there, I just knew like, this is something that I want to pursue. And I'm really grateful for that because I know how confusing it can be when you're so young, like 18 years old, and basically you're told, okay, now choose the rest of your life, choose the direction mm -hmm. that you want to, you know, take now. And it just, it's too much. Like you don't know at that age, you don't even know yourself. Yeah. So you're supposed to choose like your career and obviously, you know, you can make changes along the way and all that, but it's still just so much pressure, you know? Um, but sorry. Yes. Yeah, so anyways, I, I, yeah. So I spent a year in Paris and then I came back and have been in the GTA ever since. And yeah, so that's my current situation <laughs> yes yeah I you know I obviously know your your story and all yeah. your your passions and stuff I just love hearing you talk about it because yeah like you said you really found your passion at a very young age and it's you know not like in the norm of what a lot of people do like you really are when I think of you I think of someone who just follows their own path and like does it unapologetically and <laughs> like you said you're your colleagues weren't really into French in the way that you were. So you took life into your own hands and went and lived somewhere where you could immerse yourself in the culture. I think that's so admirable and really a testament to like who you are as a person and as a strong woman. Uh, I just think Shay, that's very sweet. Yeah. I admire you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, like we're all different, right? I've just yeah. kind of always been very independent and, uh, you know, not completely like self-confident, whatever, but I've always just had this independence. I don't know where it like comes from, but like living on my own, like traveling by myself has never been something that like scared me. It was never like a scary idea. It was like more exciting than anything. Like, of course I'm going to do that. Why would I just spend my entire life and education in the GTA when there's like a whole world out there to see, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's so important to have that strong sense of self, especially when you're in doing something like your PhD, like you're doing now. I mean, you have to stay strong in your convictions and not get too caught up in like all the competition and stuff and all the, all the noise that comes with doing your PhD. For sure. Because yeah. it is very easy to get caught up in all that. And 
if you don't have like respect for yourself, self-love, it's very easy for you to take that out on other people and to project that on others and, you know, become jealous of other people's success or, or bitter even. And that's just something that I don't understand is like, you know, other people's accomplishments does not, you know, that takes nothing away from your own accomplishments or your own future success or, you know, whatever. So yeah, you definitely need to have a healthy rapport with yourself if you're pursuing a kind of, I'm not going to say non-traditional career because I mean, academia is pretty much as traditional as it gets, (laughs) Yeah, but um when it comes to yeah these more like competitive milieus like you definitely need to stay grounded and have that work-life balance because Mm -hmm. if not your whole identity becomes what you do yeah and that is just not that's not healthy that's not good Mm -hmm. you need to be more than just you know whatever a phd student or even like a pro whatever like that doesn't define you what you do does not define you Exactly. Right. Like the moment that you can just kind of separate yourself from these, you know, titles and all this is the moment you're really just free. Like it's good to be ambitious. It's good to, you know, have goals. But again, everything needs to be, it needs to come with a balance. You can't just prioritize work and not Mm -hmm. have, you know, a healthy social life too. Like get to see your friends or your partner or, you know, walk your dogs or whatever, you know? So yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I totally, no, I I was just gonna say, I totally agree with you. I mean, we talk about this all the time, just like how, like you said, you are not what you do. You are you without all of that stuff. And it's kind of hard. It can be hard sometimes to remember that because, you know, we live in a society that doesn't always tell that to us. I mean, our whole lives are wrapped up are wrapped up in our work really for a lot of people and exactly yeah. even like with your own story as well right like when you're kind of in this school system and you want to do well you get stuck with this kind of idea that your self-worth is attached to what you're producing and what others think of the work what other think what others think of the work is basically what they think of you right yep. and it's like it's not like that mm-hmm. but we're like we're we're you know just the system is ingrained in in us and i think in particular like it's kind of like a phenomenon sorry <laughs> it's, it's okay. a phenomenon. <laughs> like it's it's particularly like relevance amongst uh young girls yes put extra pressure on themselves and they want to succeed and exceed expectations and do well um and and I don't know like we're just we're very hard on ourselves Mm -hmm. and we feel like we have something to to prove yep totally and especially too when what you're doing is so wrapped up in like it is your passion it is who you are really like for you you like you are French culture, like you love (laughs) what you're studying. You love the topics you love, like everything. Mm -hmm. So of course, when someone judges something you produce, your mind could take that as, oh, they're judging me as a person because exactly what you do is so connected to who you are. Right. Uh, That's the thing. That's where it's especially difficult because it's like, these are my like personal interests, but as well as like academic interests. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. 
Yeah, no, I think that's great that you're aware of that because again, in that environment, it can be easy to to fall into this trap that the education system kind of lays in, you know, your whole worth is based on your grades and what you produce and the feedback you get and everything when no, it's, it's, it's your passion and it's who you are and all that. So thank you for sharing all that. Um, Before we get too deeper into some big life topics, I just thought it'd be fun (laughs) to talk about how we met and our friendship a little bit. Um, Cause you and I met, I guess it was 2013, 2014. Yeah, I think it was the end of 2013. Yeah, we met because we both worked at the same retail store. <laughs> where <laughs> I work- be named. <laughs> <laughs> well, I worked there for like seven years. You got out of there way earlier than I did. <laughs> yeah, I had like two like stints there. Like I yeah. was there for like a couple of years before I did the third year abroad. And then yep. when I came back. I was there, I think, for like less than a year before I started my master's. And I was like, I'm not I'm not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I don't know how I lasted that long without going insane. But um... <laughs> it's it's a testament to your character. That's all I can <laughs> Thank say, you. you know? But I still remember the day we met because it was one of your yeah. first days. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was working like on the sales floor, which is something I wouldn't normally do when you were working. Yeah in the fitting room. And mm-hmm. I just remember we were just, we just started a conversation and that was weird for me. Cause you know, I don't, this sounds weird, but I don't really talk. I didn't really talk to the people I worked with that much yeah, just because no, I like, I, that. I don't really, I didn't really connect with a lot of people there mm-hmm. in, in a deep way. But you know, as soon as I met you, like I just felt comfortable just being me and just talking with you it felt natural and Mm -hmm. that doesn't always happen for for me uh it's really hard for me to connect with people um and really (laughs) yeah I know for you too but like really right off the bat it was just like hey I I I vibe with this girl I've you know Mm -hmm. and then we found out we both went to U of T the Mississauga campus and we actually had a class together that we didn't even know we were in the same class that's right yeah uh first year lecture halls yep so back in the day first year university um and yeah honestly since then you our friendship has gone gone stronger and stronger and even you know during those times where you lived in France and out of the country and you know um I think that's a testament too to our friendship just how even if we're not in the same the same continent we can still like stay close and stay connected because you know um especially as you grow up it's hard to stay in touch with friends Mm -hmm. and friends inevitably fall away from your life and yeah I don't know I feel like for you and me we've just always kept it strong and um you know we've had a lot of memories and adventures together. I visited you in Paris when you exactly, lived there. Yeah, yeah spent that a was week together. That was mm-hmm. amazing. That was so amazing to just see you in your element there. That was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a beautiful memory. Yeah, but yeah, I, I just I don't know. I always I've always felt that if you want to maintain a friendship, you will put the effort in. Yes, like, you know, like you basically you get out of it what you put into it, mm-hmm. and for me, I just don't really understand this. I mean, whatever, everyone has their own kind of, you know, situation, stories, whatever going on. But for me, it's like, it takes no effort at all to send text and to just be like, oh, how are you? How are you doing? You know, to keep Mm -hmm. up that like bare minimum amount of like communication for me, even if you're busy, like it takes two seconds to just be like, oh, how are you? Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I guess like the reason why we kind of vibe so well is because we've always been on that same wavelength. Like we understand the importance of friendship. Yes. Uh, we both like valorize it the same way, like value it. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, it's, it's just natural that of course we've been friends all this time because we have the same communication patterns. We, we talk to each other, we're there for one another. And that's the basis of friendship is communication mm-hmm. and honesty. And also like you talk about empathy, like you need to have empathy in friendships too. It can't just be this one-sided street here. Like you can't just use someone to talk about yourself or vent about your own emotions. You need to also be genuinely interested in that person and in their life and actually for them as well when the time comes. Yeah. And um, I think growing up, you just realize how, like the reason why chips kind of wither away is because people don't water them as they should right Mm, it's like it's it's a flower you need to water it in order for it to survive and live and people just neglect them and they think that oh but when I need something I can return to this person and everybody it's like no like the apple tree has died Mm -hmm. you haven't watered it there are no apples to eat starve Mm -hmm. right so growing like growing up I've realized that um genuine like good friends are far and few and so it's really important to just latch on to those who are like just good friends good people who have your best interests at heart and not pay attention to those who who are only in friendships for themselves yep you know for you to basically act as like a therapist to them or or whatever the case may be, like it needs to be both ways. And people talk a lot about toxic relationships, which are definitely a thing, but so are toxic friendships. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's definitely right. Like we don't talk about that or even like mourning the loss of a friendship or just mm-hmm. these friendships where you think, okay, like this doesn't feel right, but I feel like I should stay in it. I don't know why, but I just feel like I should, even though like the expiration date has long passed, you know? Yep. So, yeah, I totally agree with that. And I love that metaphor that you just shared. I I love that, that I just love metaphors. So I love that image (laughs) of, yeah, you have to water this, this flower. If you want it to thrive, you can't just neglect it and come back to it and be surprised when it's dead. Like that's, and also I totally agree with what you said too, about how we always talk about romantic relationships and nurturing those and, you know, not being in toxic romantic relationships, but Mm -hmm friendships are relationships too and absolutely it's not talked about as much in the mainstream of like how to improve your friendship communication skills not just your romantic relationship communication skills and also how to mourn the loss of a friend when your relationship dies or whatever exactly and yeah it's um because you know I know you and I have both been through like friend breakups I'll call them I guess just like losing touch with people and realizing these people aren't for me and it sucks especially when it just kind of dies out there's no like big moment of reckoning where it's like okay we we can't be friends anymore let's just move on usually Mm -hmm. at least in my experience it just kind of withers out and there's no closure and that hurts Mm -hmm. right yeah and again we're not really taught how to 
how to navigate that. And it's inevitably, inevitably going to happen as you enter young adulthood and you become more yeah. of who you are and p- certain people just won't resonate with you anymore because you're, you are becoming more true to who you are and not putting on this mask that you might've put on in high school or whatever. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you that when you have a good friend, even if it's just one, like hold on to that person and nurture that relationship. And, you know, it's, it's a quality over quantity too. Like you and I always say, we don't need a whole bunch of friends. Like we're happy with just one, honestly. (laughs) Exactly. Because, because that's all that matters at the end of the day is like, you have that one person that, you know, you can call at four in the morning, you know, whatever, and they will be there for you. And you were saying there is such an emphasis on romantic relationships and they're great, but you know, friendships are also, in my opinion, like just as important. Yep. And they're kind of like underrated, underappreciated. But you need that just like solidarity. You need, you know, a support system. Yep. So, yeah, no, I agree. And I think this kind of leads into we kind of been dancing around the topic I wanted to talk about really and Mm. uh, kind of focus on in this in this conversation. It's something that you and I talk about all the time. And actually, when I was thinking of having you on the podcast, like a long time ago, when I was first thinking about it, when I was like first creating the podcast, um, the phrase that came to mind when I thought about a conversation with you is daring to think differently or creating your own belief system, living fully awake, fully conscious to life. Um, because, you know, like I said before, when I think of you, I just think of someone who forges their own path. You're such a strong woman and you just don't take any shit from the society <laughs> around us. You call, you call things out, you question things, you don't take life at face value. And You've honestly played mm. such a big role in my own personal awakening to the world. And you've helped me really release myself from my former state of, of basically ignorance because I, mm. for most of my life, I was taking life at face value and just taking in whatever was fed to me without questioning it, without checking in with myself to be like, does this really resonate with me? I was just doing what I was told and doing what I thought I should. And on the, on a small scale and also on a large scale and I don't know. I just, um, I feel like you and I talk about this a lot, just like how all the stuff happening around us in our external environment and how people just take it as truth with a capital T when a lot of it is just like not. (laughs) So, um, exactly. And I think it's like a generate, sorry, were you, no, no, you can go ahead. (laughs) I think, um, just the world that we live in today, we are forced to question everything, like just seeing, everything that's going on, um, whether it be from like, you know, a social to an economic level, mm-hmm. it kind of see, it's easy to just conclude that everything is going wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we are kind of like the generation that is forced to be politically inclined, like politically interested mm-hmm. and, um, Question the foundations on which this world was built. Yes. And so I have really my like grade 12 philosophy teacher to thank for that because Mm. he opened my eyes to the world completely because literally up until that moment, as you know, you were just saying, I, 
Exactly. Took everything. I mean, obviously I was young, but you know, still I took everything at face value, you know, went to Catholic high school, like, okay, this is just how everything is, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And he changed my way of thinking completely. And it was really like the first time that I questioned even religion. Like for me, that was just, I just never thought about second guessing that I was, you know, whatever raised more or less in this Catholic faith and went to church. Like my family was not at all like religious or anything, but I didn't ever think like, oh, you know, what about the existence of God? I was like, yeah, of course there's a God, of course all this. And ironically enough, yeah, my own high school teacher in a Catholic school made me like question, okay, you know, maybe then this isn't exactly what it seems to be. Mm. And I'm grateful for that because it has made me much more aware of like the underbelly of this world that we really do not see on mainstream you know, media outlets, because of course, the news is owned by the corporate elite class. So they're going to show what they want to show never actually as politicized as it should be. Mm -hmm. They're going to say things with, you know, a supposedly neutral perspective, but we know whose side they're on, right? Mm -hmm. The the dollar sign. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so for me, it's just, you know, I have to do the readings. I'm not going to sit up here and say like, I'm a full on Marxist communist or all this. Like (laughs) I I have a lot more to learn, but Mm. all I do know is that, that we are at a pivotal points you know in history where our earth planet earth is on fire Mm -hmm. like every day she is suffering and for me the most enraging thing is that people think that the same system capitalism Mm -hmm. imperialism and everything that comes you know whatever from that is going to be the same system the same system that caused the terrible um you know global climate crisis that we're all living through in this moment is going to be the system that saves us and takes us out of it right it's just not possible in my Mm -hmm. opinion yeah if we do want to save planet if we do want a more egalitarian world we need to actually look under the carpet here Mm -hmm. and question the system Mm -hmm. instead of trying to find band-aid solutions uh that will solve nothing because again the corporate elite do not want things to be solved they would rather just expand this kind of like superficial embrace and be like oh look you too can get in on the riches and it's all just it's all just a facade Mm -hmm. and um i think like just a really sick example of like the injustices of this world you know, in our own city in Toronto with these um, encampments for people without homes Yes. in Trinity Bellwoods uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, Toronto is, you know, becoming quickly the, one of the most expensive cities in the world to live in uh, from rent prices to housing prices. Like it is insane. It's, it's incomprehensible. 
And so people, because wages are not going up, do not have the means to afford housing, even though housing is a human right. Mm -hmm. And so when they take initiative and house themselves, you know, just with tents or whatever in public spaces, suddenly that's not allowed, that's not illegal. And we have like the mayor, you know, John Tory sending out police and whatever, thinking that that's going to change and like, you know, quickly uh, getting rid of these encampments and spending like millions of dollars on like, you know, police budgets and whatever, again, band-aid issues to try to just sweep people aside to maintain this facade of riches, of everything is okay, of, of course, there aren't houseless people in this city. Like we, you know, where are people supposed to go? Mm -hmm. Even the average person who can't afford to pay these increasing rent prices anymore, where are they supposed to go? Where are people with children that want to live in the city and raise their kids there supposed to go when to have an extra bedroom is considered a luxury. And if you right. want like an extra bedroom, you're going to have to pay thousands of dollars more for that. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, and this isn't anything new, of course. Like we look in, at Europe where there are people who like families that live in the city and, you know, the parents sleep in the living room so that their kids can have the bedrooms, right? Because like the places are so small. But the problem is just that this idea, you know, that all of the most basic human necessities, which are human rights, like housing, food, have just been turned into complete and utter, you know, merchandise, like just mm -hmm. commodified, mm -hmm. like nothing else. And there are millions of people that are without, you know, stable housing, without, you know, food, without stable income. And what really angers me is that whatever you you'll read these like random articles that will always point the finger towards the average person that yeah. is just doing their best to survive blame them for example for for climate change for oh you're being tasteful and then we're not talking about you know uh the whatever insanely rich people who have you know 10 luxury cars or who take private jets as if you know what i mean like yeah as if it was, was nothing. Mm -hmm. um, these people that live as if they were a hundred people at once, mm. their rates of consumption, their levels of consumption is problem here. It's the corporations polluting the earth, polluting uh, the air, the water. These are the problems here. It's like, yeah. but everything is, is made so that we look away from the actual issue so that again the system can stay intact and we just move on and you know with these band-aid solutions i mean that's neoliberalism though mm -hmm. right like that's just neoliberalism like okay we're gonna try to make the world more equal more inclusive but not actually going to change anything then that's not inclusivity like that's not actual change if we're not willing if people just aren't willing to get rid of these like hierarchies, mm -hmm. you know, that, that basically come from classism and class struggle. So for me, that's just um, something 
that is very uh, interesting to me like this <laughs> yeah and I'm sorry what was I saying yeah and even just you know we look at the very foundations on which this country that yeah. we live in Canada mm-hmm. was created mm-hmm. it was created on genocide on colonialism you know British imperialism and French and we are still feeling you know the effects of that we live with that every day mm-hmm. and uh, I really think that things will change things are changing but it's going to be a very long battle because those in power you know we've never seen in you know human history the this the these these levels of wealth mm. and consumption you know yeah it's like a whole it makes versailles and the french royal family back you know in the 1700s look like peasants like the way you know jeff bezos bill gates these people live mm-hmm. and it's like well how do we change these kinds of systems when you know like for example, if you just look at like the Black Lives Matter protests last year. And it's like, how, how are, how was the average person, how are like people supposed to have their voices be heard and fight for equality when no one is actually willing to listen? And when you're ultimately going up against the largest, most powerful military in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's dangerous and it's like what are you marching for you're marching for literal just human rights for mm-hmm. equality and yet you know these these um protests were just shot down by literal like military you know militarized police officers running over innocent people for nothing you know just terrorizing them mm-hmm. And it's just an insane thing that even, you know, that was last year, 2020, you know, still happening in 2021, that you can't even say Black Lives Matter without that being controversial in some way. Mm-hmm. Like, where's the empathy? Where's the humanity? Where is the willingness to just shut up and let the oppressed speak mm-hmm. and listen? and try to enact change in any way that you can. And we see that with, you know, indigenous peoples in this country, the atrocities of residential schools finally being brought to light. This is nothing that, this is nothing new to indigenous peoples in this country. They, they, they know, they felt the, the effects firsthand, of course, you know, and the generational trauma that came afterwards. And they've been saying this for years and it's only now that the rest of Canada is finally listening and finally willing to see the humanity of these peoples, to empathize with what they went through in the hands of this country, in the hands of the Catholic Church. Now, the Catholic Church in Canada, they're like trying to blame each other. It's like, you're both responsible. This is a genocide. And it's like, only now are we willing to listen. And even then, there are still people being like, oh, I'm proud to be Canadian, blah, blah. So yes, because you have benefited in every way from this genocide. Yeah. You have no idea what it's like to be an Indigenous person in this country. I have no idea. 
We, you know, we don't, we can't even imagine. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like, I just want to lead a life with empathy. That's my, that, that's my, my philosophy of life, whether it be like with teaching, with whatever I do, I want to be empathetic. I just put myself in the shoes of the other and just, you know, whatever, just empathy, just see the humanity. Like people just put such an emphasis on difference and we are all the same. We are literally all the same. We are human beings. Oh, and then, yeah, sorry, I'm rambling, but go ahead. Keep going. (laughs) What really makes me upset as well is just, you know, the rich being obsessed with space. Oh yeah. With space, you know, oh, we're going to go, we're going to colonize Mars because colonizing the entire planet doesn't suffice. We got to go colonize planets now. And it's like, there are millions of people living in poverty, probably billions of people worldwide. Like who cares? Can we just focus on this planet? Mm -hmm. You know, just try to deflect the issues in every man, like every way possible. It's so, it's so irritating to me because it's like, I don't like, can we really have innovation without dealing with like the task at hand like why isn't the well-being of like the average person with people around the why isn't that like a priority yeah yeah I mean you said so many important things there I'm trying to sorry I don't know I was just like rambling I don't know I had no direction with that I apologize no I love it no 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 you talk empathy empathy Mm -hmm. is the way Mm -hmm. no I, I love everything you said I mean you said it so well, just there's so many points I could go off of there. It's again, it's the systems around us, like you mm-hmm. said, and ha- and it's what this world is built on. And again, people don't point to the systems for to explain the corruption and the, the climate change and all the things that are mm-hmm. quote unquote wrong with the world. We push that under the rug and we pretend that's not a thing, even something as you know, something like capitalism, you know, it's just so pervasive because it's all we've ever known. This generation, our parents' generation, it's it what it's what fuels our country, our world in a lot of ways. And mm-hmm. so that's why people don't question it because that's the way it is. That's the way it's always been. Exactly. And, you know, for people like you and me, we can see, <laughs> yes, capitalism comes with its benefits and whatever, but it also comes with a lot of inequality a lot of rising prices for no apparent reason like it all is this... inequality in Navy, yeah it is inequality mm-hmm. it just breeds all this inequality and again like we talk about this all the time like our generation is screwed when it comes to like home ownership and stuff like that because at least here in like ontario and toronto h- housing prices just keep going up 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 for I don't know what reason I, j- things just keep going up and it's making things less accessible, things that should be human rights, making it less accessible to the average person. Like you and I, we still live at home with our parents. We're 26 years old. I'm turning 26 later this year. You're 26. We still live at home with no hope of moving out anytime soon, to be honest, mm-hmm. because we just don't have the funding. We don't have the. Well, money. yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but it's a privilege also to be able to yes. live at home and not mm-hmm. have to pay rent because, I, you know, all of my colleagues, 
live on their own, obviously, and pay rent. And as a PhD student with your stipend, like, and Toronto rent prices, it is, it's extremely difficult. You're living paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's unfair. And it's unjust. Yep. No, I agree. And, you know, if anyone's listening to this and they feel like triggered or something, or they're not like, oh no, that that's just, they're just picking apart things now. It's because the system you're living in is so pervasive. That's all, you know, you've been conditioned by it and that's not your fault. Like I've been through it. Brianna's been through it. And it's, you just have to go through this process of recognizing this conditioning and realizing that your external surroundings have a huge impact on how you view the world and uh, your beliefs. And there has to, I think there has to come a time where people come to some sort of reckoning or awakening within themselves to be able to come to a place of looking at the world around you and being willing to question it, being willing to see it for what it is and kind of again, like you said, look in, at the underbelly of things and not just take the mainstream messages because, you know, we're going to be fed all these things and told that it's the truth. And then at the same time, so much of this world is distracted to, or uh, is designed to distract us, to keep us busy and ultimately mm-hmm, to take exactly. us away from ourselves so that we continue conforming, so that we continue not questioning we're not taught how to tune into ourselves, how to be with ourselves, how to check in with ourselves. And so it's no wonder that we just take in everything we're told as the ultimate truth. So mm-hmm. if you're listening to us talk about this stuff and you don't agree or something or it just doesn't sit with you, that's your opinion and that totally it's valid. Um, but it, it, it's also, yeah, just reflect. It's just yeah. also a product of your environment and how you were raised and what your family, how your family views the world and just your external environment. And um, yeah, it's just been such a big thing for me because I've only been learning more about this stuff, honestly, in the past couple of years, year and a half, maybe. And like I said, you've really helped me through that and just removing myself from this self-imposed ignorance because that ignorance is it's more comfortable to stay complicit and to conform and to exactly. just follow along it feels safer right and, and and it can become so easy also to convince yourself that nothing is going to change because this is always the way it's been we can't change mm-hmm. capitalism we can't change climate change whatever like mm-hmm. this is just the way it is and that's that but yeah, yeah exactly defeat us and just choosing to conform because you think that's the only way to go about things. And, but then again, there are people, especially in our generation who do try to go against the norm, who are questioning the status quo. And these people are sometimes, you know, labeled as radical or naive or even selfish or entitled because they're questioning the system. Mm -hmm. And they can also just be seen as plain weird because they're not conforming to the norm. And yeah, like, calling out all of its inequalities yeah yeah yeah. but it's those people who change the world who Mm -hmm. make the change that no one thought was possible to actually happen you know to to shift the consciousness of that time period society because you know we've seen from history there has been collective 
consciousness shifting in ways, you know, like the time we're in now is different from like the fifties or the sixties, things have changed and a lot of ways for the better, some ways for the worse. So a lot of ways for the worse, maybe, (laughs) but you know, (laughs) without these people who question the way things are in the moment, we would never have progress. Yeah. And it's just interesting to see how quick, how quickly historical figures are co-opted by like stream figures and like out whatever media outlets and like de-politicized almost like de-radicalized um which is definitely it's a problem it's very scary even we can just say with like the black lives matter movement how last year that was completely co-opted and depoliticized yeah. at a crucial moment when you know like change could have could have happened like true concrete change you know how quickly how quickly like things are just you know the rich are are to like sweep in and make sure that no 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 nothing is actually going to happen here but you think things are happening because we'll say something and we, we will say that we're on your side and actuality like the policies won't reflect that like nothing's going to pass that will actually improve your lives in any way mm-hmm I think a good example of that is just with this like neoliberalist feminism that we see today Mm. where people think that, uh, I don't know, feminism equates to having the same kind of power as men, i.e. like girl bosses or, you know, female CEOs making billions of dollars. Like that's the goal. Like that's equality. That's inspiring. Mm. You know, they're, they're shattering the, the glass ceiling and it's like I love that I don't know who said it but you know the saying goes like well what's the point of shattering the glass ceiling when it's going to be a woman just picking up the shards right because that's the thing like one woman's success let's be real it's all it's going to be a white woman's success right Mm -hmm. she's going to be the CEO she's going to be whatever the girl boss and she's gonna have all this like corporate success commercial whatever and millions of other women are just going to be left behind. Yeah. And it's going to be women of color in particular. It always falls back on them. And it's just, that is not, like the goal again, is not to replace the men in these higher up positions with women. Cause yeah. you are again, keeping the capitalist patriarchal system intact here mm-hmm. and nothing will change for women in that system just because there's a female vice president doesn't mean all of a sudden right like gender equality is is attained and all this like women have you know better living standards not at all Mm -hmm. we need to change the very foundation on which we live in order for that to take place women's struggle is a class struggle that's the thing but like I don't know, like feminism today is just very neoliberal and we need to like bring it back down and not try to idealize these patriarchal positions that suddenly give women power. What is the point? What is the point of giving women power if they're just acting in patriarchal ways? That's what I don't understand. If they're still in charge of wars or in charge of, you know, the whatever, uh, it's 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 no difference it is no difference like there needs to be genuine equality that's why I just don't like 
I don't like hierarchies. Uh, they're, they're, they're dangerous. And, uh, and so that's my whole thing is like, people are so quick. And like you were saying before, people don't want to question anything because it's just easier. Like yeah. when Trump lost the last elections in the States and Biden won, whatever people are like, Oh, finally don't have to worry about what our president is saying or doing. And it's like, that is the most ignorant thing and like reaction to have mm -hmm. because we see Biden, I'm not going to, whatever, like he is far from being innocent. Yeah. All of these presidents, whatever, that's a different issue, but you know, like it's just this laziness or people that think like, you know, voting is just going to solve everything. It's like, but I'll, at the same time, I understand as well, because at the same time, right. Like these people also have bills to pay, right. Like yeah. that's how they're, they're kept confused. Like they have, they have to pay rent. They have to pay food they have to take care of their children, whatever. So they have all these like life distractions that make it so that they don't have time to hear questioning everything that you know politicians are doing mm -hmm. they they're just trying to survive yeah. so it's like it's this it's it's complicated it's very very layered yeah yeah i totally agree and you know i don't want anyone listening to this to feel like we're trying to be preachy or just like scold people who yeah, aren't questioning like, i don't because... know anything so yeah exactly <laughs> we're both like... just learning as we go as well and it's everyone goes through their own process. And again, like you said, some, the vast majority of people just don't have the time or the energy to look at the issues in this way, look a little oh, deeper, yeah. because again, it's our system who's that's constantly trying to keep us busy, keep us working, keep us distracted. That's how the system is thriving. That's how capitalism, patriarchy, all the things, because it's, it's just so pervasive and perpetuating. And we, it's, it's no wonder we all get stuck in it. And it's no fault exactly. of your own. We are not like scolding anyone for anything. It's just, no. this is how we feel. And I feel like we're both very passionate about these topics because once you do wake up to these things, it's kind of hard to go back to sleep. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you've been mm -hmm. awake to it much longer than I have. But for me, like, I feel like I'm still in the stage of um, anger. Like I, I look at things, I'm very angry about the mm -hmm. way things are, you know? And I think it's healthy to feel anger you know, anger mm -hmm. is part of the process. Um, and also as women, we're like, not, we're told not to be angry or to not express anger. Like, mm -hmm. no, I'm going to exactly. be angry if I want to be angry. And again, yep. that belief is part of the patriarchal system. Like everything yep. just goes back to these systems that we are all in and that we're, we're really stuck in. And it can be easy to feel hopeless about everything. But like we said before, too, change is happening. I feel like our generation is truly going to change the world and change, just change how we live our lives because mm -hmm. we are more awake to these things. Our parents' generation, not so much. And that's, again, no fault of their own because that's the time they lived in. And mm -hmm. the time that we're living in and growing up in, now people our age are more willing to question things, more willing to come exactly. up with our own belief system. Again, just like thinking differently than how we're taught to think, right? And mm -hmm. I think that's a beautiful thing because if you're not able to think for yourself, that's when you are more vulnerable and susceptible to be controlled and manipulated by all these outside forces, mm -hmm. you know? That's where things like conspiracy theories come in and just like <laughs> how people follow people like Trump, you know, and everyone's entitled to their own opinion. I'm not saying your opinion's not valid. I'm just saying like, 
there has to also come a point where you question yourself and kind of think about, is this really my belief or is it just coming from somewhere else, coming from my family, from my friends, from the school I went to, just all this external stuff. Because again, it's so easy to let all that external stuff impact your inner world. And, you know, it's not easy to like disentangle yourself from that and like unlearn these things. It's a process. And, you know, me and you are still in that process too. It's just, it's, but it's also very freeing. It's so freeing to to come to your own thoughts about the world and not give in to what's, what's fed to you. Right. It's, Mm -hmm. um, and you know, there's, yeah, there's people out there doing this work, people out there who are, are questioning things and bringing their questioning to light, like documentaries and stuff, just sit down and watch a documentary about like the, the climate change or just social issues. Like there's resources out there grassroots organizations exactly there's so many resources to help you see the world in ways that are not just mainstream and also to help you come to your own conclusion about things and Mm -hmm. so take advantage of the people doing this work and I mean it all starts with things like this having conversations like this conversation right here is us making change, even if it's just within ourselves or for anyone listening, like it's, everything starts small. And yeah, the idea of uprooting capitalism or patriarchy seems like Mm far-fetched, but it's not impossible. Exactly. (laughs) Nothing is absolutes. And we need to stop treating everything as if it were. Yes. Because it's, that's the exact, it's it's just a self-defeatist kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. and we'll get you nowhere and it's also a way to keep things as they are of course yes exactly but nothing is absolute yeah I totally agree it's um so, yeah it's my two cents <laughs> <laughs> no I appreciate that you said so many important things there and I think you know it all just comes down to we all can benefit from just tuning into ourselves and being willing to look at the world with fresh eyes and not shying away from things that make us uncomfortable because a lot of this stuff is uncomfortable to, to face, right? Like all this inequality, this racism, sexism, classism, just everything. It's uncomfortable to realize it and recognize it for what it is. And it takes courage to welcome to the real world. Exactly. Yep. And yeah, it takes courage to sit with that and to be willing to, to examine it. And, mm-hmm. you know, For but sure. I, I feel like we all have that right to do that. We all have that privilege to do that. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just and think it's, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just saying like, or I was just thinking like our parents' generation, whatever, I'm not gonna say they had it easier because mm. I'm sure in a lot of ways they didn't, but I feel like our generation is just, again, like we're forced to be political and a uh, part of that comes from, you know, the importance of media. Suddenly yeah. now, millions of people have a voice. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, they're able to share their personal experiences of inequality, yeah. of racism, sexism, classism, all of these things. So the fact that we have this available to us is a gift. Mm-hmm. Because now we, again, finally see the underbelly of the beast type thing. Yep. 
and to turn away from that or to hear about these stories and not think anything of it I, I just I don't see how um you can accept things at face value anymore when again like there are so many I don't know just like alternative okay there are a lot of fake news outlets unfortunately oh. like that that's the thing right like with that you kind of get both sides of of the coin here but a lot of like alternative news outlets you know leftist news outlets that are, are talking about things that you will never see on CNN or CP24 because again owned by the corporate elite so they're yeah. not going to actually delve into issues here it's all and our parents just kind of like consume that because that's all they know mm-hmm. and it's very harmful mm-hmm. or you know the opposite they'll get you know sucked into these like fake news like quacky type things on Facebook and it's like what but like we growing up with this like having this our disposal need to take advantage of that take it upon ourselves to just learn more and uh, try to enact change in any way we can you know just small things in our daily lives like I don't even know like whether that be volunteering somewhere you know like again it's not going to tear down the whole system but if you are just taking time to better someone else's life in any small way, like that's already something. And that's more that than what, you know, other people may be doing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And and again, it all starts with self-awareness too. It just starts with that awareness of what's going on. And I mean, from that awareness, you can then take action and take aligned action too. Like if you're just doing things because you think you should or whatever, and it's not coming from this authentic place of awareness and a deeper understanding of your beliefs, then you probably won't make as much of an impact as you would if you really come from that more authentic place of awareness. So Mm -hmm. I think the smallest thing you can do is just become more aware and like have conversations like this with people in your life. Just read a book, watch a documentary, like do these little things just for like for you first And from that place of grounding within you, you can then give to the world and help people in the world in a more authentic way, I think. For sure. Um, For sure. Yeah. And also just going off of social media too. I think, yeah, that's a great tool, obviously, for social change and to bring things to the light. And I also think on the flip side of that, for our generation and for like, you know, people who have a platform, like quote unquote influencers or whatever, like mm. now in these times that are very politically socially charged, I also see so much pressure being put on people to come up with an opinion about something super fast, mm-hmm. super quick. As soon as something happens in any sort of social movement or in the news or whatever, you have to have an opinion about it and post about it or else you're complicit. Mm. I think that's mm-hmm. problematic in a sense. I mean, obviously we need to use our platforms to create change and to speak up. I totally agree with that. But I also think this need to, or this pressure put on people to respond immediately, to immediately have an opinion without maybe doing a little research or just reflecting on it yourself, like that's problematic. And that can lead to things like fake news or just um, Mm -hmm. conflict online, just like things like that. It's just And also it can take you away from yourself. And if you don't give yourself that time to reflect first and then use your voice, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think that's well said. And 
ultimately you can't look towards celebrities or influencers yeah for social change or political change because whether we or they recognize it or not they are complicit in this capitalist machine they are part of the social elites Mm -hmm. so why would we look to them for any kind of direction when they're completely disconnected from the average person's reality yeah yeah i agree and even like the whole system of social media itself is problematic in a lot of ways i mean Mm -hmm. we won't get into that but um that's a whole other topic uh i mean there's two sides to everything there's benefits and there's drawbacks there's you know corruption and there's hope i mean i don't want this to come across as like you know everything is shit and we're doomed forever it's just this having conversations like this i think is so important because it leads to change because it leads to hope exactly you have to start somewhere you have to you know like acknowledge the bad so that you can have the tools and learn you know get to the good yeah exactly yeah and again like we're not experts on this we're still learning especially i think especially for me i um don't have all the answers yeah yeah neither of us do not Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but we do have opinions and we have the right to share our opinions. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, I mean, if it's helpful for anyone out there, I'm, uh, I'll be happy about that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, I just, uh, I feel like we covered a lot of ground today. I want to thank you again for sharing your thoughts and all this, these big topics, these important topics. And, um, yeah, I'm really glad we had this conversation. I feel like we could keep going, but it's been almost an hour, I think. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll have you on again. Who knows? <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. I hope I was um, making some sense. If not, I apologize, but um, I just, I'm very emotional, passionate person. Yeah. Oh yeah. Me too. And there's nothing wrong with that it's okay to be driven by your emotions i feel like that's a good thing a lot of times um before we go i wanted to plug your podcast if you want to talk about that for a bit uh Uh, yeah so podcast as well it's in french as i am a phd student in french Uh, it's called dans le miroir de la muse so in the muse's mirror and basically talks about different like historic feminine figures from mainly Paris uh, from like the late 19th century to the early 20th century. And I released an episode on the muse Kiki de Montparnasse uh, recently. So if you'd like to check that out, feel free. It's basically just a feminist kind of inclined podcast that looks at different muses and tries to examine not only their life but also the role of muse and how that and empowerment and mm-hmm. even you know a creative and artistic and freeing role so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah it's so well done honestly if you speak french or interested in french give it a listen i'll put the link in the show notes to her website and everything um Same. yeah i'm just uh I really loved the first episode, even though I can't understand French, I still appreciated it. <laughs> it's just such a beautiful language and you just did such a good job with it. So thank you. anyone out there, you want to give it a listen. It's in the show notes and yeah, just thank you again for coming on. I 
always love talking to you. I feel like we could talk forever and um, I appreciate you so much. I love you. And yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll do a part two one day. (laughs) Sounds good. Thank you so much, Shay.